0: I hit record. We're good to go. All right.
1: All right. So we are live, makeshift live. Big. It. And uh, we have Coach Antoine Floyd with us today from the Houston Rockets. Coach Floyd, thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, uh, pleasure to be here, guys. Appreciate you having me. Hey. Yeah. Um. Just kind of give a little bit of background. Let's uh, make sure we give full titles. Coach Floyd is a master strength coach, so we definitely got to give him the props on that. He is a master strength coach with the CSCCA. He has – you do ha- he have your CSCS working with the Houston Rockets, worked at University of Houston, worked at Coast Carolina, worked at Mizzou. I mean, he's been around, so he definitely knows his stuff, and now he's working with the NBA. So we definitely got to give him his props on that, working his way uh, from being a football player with uh, – correct me if I'm wrong – Wyoming, right? University of Wyoming, correct. University of Wyoming. And then we're um, now a strength coach, master strength coach. So definitely looking up, uh, I look up to him uh, as a fellow strength coach, uh, especially being a minority. Uh, watched him from afar because I was at Georgia Southern whenever he uh, got the job at Coastal. Uh, came back, um, came back to the Myrtle Beach area and then, you know, talked shop with him a little bit before um, I ventured off and started, uh, made Myrtle Beach High Performance Center. So he definitely knows his stuff listen to him talk, uh, especially at one of the hammer strength clinics back in the day when we used, uh, they used to host those at Georgia tech. Uh, he he does, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was there at that one. Uh, that was a long time ago. Wow. <laughs> uh, you definitely, um, you know, working with, uh, Dr. Pat, Ivy. you know, I talk about him a lot, um, with sports psychology. Uh, you had your, know, your spill on the generation. Uh, I think it was generation Z at that time. Generation Y. Yeah. Generation Y. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So he, uh, so he definitely knows a lot of stuff, and we're definitely uh, fortunate to have him today, and we're going to learn a lot of good stuff from Coach Floyd.
2: All right, all right. You forgot to mention the private sector. I spent uh, two and a That's half right. years, uh, right. actually a year and a half, working for someone else, doing it all wrong, and then uh, about a year and a half, two years, owning my own business, doing it, doing it the right way, So um, before I, I started up with the Rockets again. That's right. Actually, never thought I'd be back in an organized uh, environment when it came to strength and conditioning. It's actually a great situation that I ended up being in, and a great group of people in the Rockets organization that uh, gave me that opportunity. I was I was all set to to be doing it on my own for a while. So uh, this is good. It's been a
1: great experience. It's great. I yeah. think that's that's one thing. Like. Whenever we, whenever we talk about like how how we start and we just like you said how, how you you did things wrong, I mm-hmm. think we've all had that that one that one point in our career where we're like, uh, we start you know reevaluating everything. We go, well, you know, I'm doing this for a job. I'm not I'm not always doing it how I want to do it. And then you get that chance to do it the way you want to do it. Yeah, and you get to actually play around with it and see what works and what really doesn't.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh it's definitely rewarding. It can be stressful at times. I think uh as a professional strength conditioning coach, or just as a strength conditioning coach, period, you uh I think we make the mistake of putting ourselves in a in, in in a corner and specializing in just one niche, which is just strength conditioning, you know. So we get our degree, we start coaching, we're passionate about coaching, we're doing our thing we and we go 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 and we give everything we got to it and then all of a sudden it's like all right when did I stop and evaluate myself when did I look at or take a top or miss an opportunity to diversify myself in whether it be in psychology whether it be getting another degree whether it be getting another certification something to where you branch out to where you make yourself uh uh where you increase your knowledge and you can make yourself, uh, you can dip into a couple of different hats, you know, and do a couple of different things where you're not just pigeonholed into, well, you got to be a strength coach. If you can't be a strength coach here, you got to be a strength coach somewhere else, but you're just, you're, you're a strength coach. That's it. You know what I mean? Right. So um, I, I think that's one of the things if I could have done it and done it a little bit better, I would have, I would have went back to school. I would have got my doctorate. In psychology, I have a master's in psychology. Would have got my doctorate, would have uh, done a couple other things. I would have become an adjunct professor, you know, and maybe taught some classes online as well uh, to supplement my income. I would have, uh, that's just the start, you know, I don't want to get too long-winded, but I would have done a lot of different things, you know, and maybe even gotten, you know, branched out, gotten into the PT realm a little bit or um learn a little bit more about ACSM, you know, which is not too late. I still have those opportunities. I still have the ability to do those. It's just a lot more difficult now um, that I've got a child, you know, wife, family, and those responsibilities, you know, it would have been a lot better when I was doing that when I was young. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things.
2: Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It's never too late to do that.
0: So. Oh, yeah. One of the things that Aunt and I always go back and forth with is, you know, because we're always – I'm big on staff development um, at Next Level Fit. So that's one of the things that I've learned from you guys, uh, learning from uh, Coach Dr. Pat Ivey, learning from Coach Stoner, learning from you. Staff development is a big thing. There's a We can't always get stuck in the old ways that we always do things. We've always got to branch out and learn more. Um, seeing y'all do stuff with sports psychology, we've been branching over to wanting to do that. I've even played around with the idea of actually – going back to school to get my master's in psychology and then possibly the doctorate. But, you know, I'm in the process now, I got a fiance and then a child on the way coming in October. Um, and then (laughs) just trying to figure out when all that's going to happen. And we even toyed around with the idea of working with, uh, trying to figure out how to get the tactical strength conditioning certification as well too, because especially in this area, uh, Myrtle beach, you know, uh, a lot of people were trying to figure out how to help the military, how to help the, uh, firefighters, EMT, uh, police officers, you know, just stay in shape, because when you look at it as a whole, South Carolina is on the lower side, as far as when they get their, uh, their conditioning tests, uh, their, as far as them being in shape, we have the lower end for that. Mm -hmm. So I want to figure out a way to, you know, how do we branch from just only helping general population and student athletes to helping also our first responders and police officers as well?
2: Man, I'm telling you, you
0: you got some good ideas, but
2: don't wait. There's no good time. If you want to do it, you just got to do it. Sleep is highly overrated when it comes to finding success. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to get successful, you're trying to get better, you're trying to grow, and, and you're trying to get sleep at the same time, you, well, something's got to go. Something's got to get it. So,
0: you know, you, you if, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to go get it. Absolutely. Um, so let's kind of like branch off into like your career. What was what really made you want to do strength condition? What made you at what point you was like, all right, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to get my internship in. And this is where how I want to grow throughout it.
2: Man, uh, I don't know. You want to start at the beginning or you want me to give you the shorter bridge version? We can, we can start at the beginning. We got a whole yeah, hour. And wow. <laughs> I, uh, I was young. Was young kid growing up in Dallas, man. And, uh, I used to get bullied a lot. I used to get, <laughs> I used to get beat up a lot. And, uh, I was, I was, uh, probably sophomore year. I was like five, seven, probably 215, 220 pounds, little chubby fat kid. And, uh, you know, I was, I was looking at playing offensive line and, and, and Doing some other things and I, I literally went to sleep for a summer, like three, three and a half months. I woke up and I was like, didn't didn't do anything. I woke up and I was like 6'1, one, uh, 170. And now I was like super skinny. And the funny thing about that, my body changed, my appearance changed, but um, I was still getting bullied. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I got in the weight room, man, and I started just shaping and and working and and trying to, you know, get stronger. And in my mind, that was going to be the end all be all, you know, to, you know, these guys in my neighborhood giving me a hard time, you know, and me feeling uncomfortable when I went outside to play. But it ended up sticking with me, man. I I ended up uh, getting really big and really strong. I ended up getting asked to play football, Originally, my passion was basketball um, before that growth spurt. Uh, I ended up earning a scholarship in football and ended up deciding to study kinesiology and learn a little bit more about how I can get bigger and stronger. I mean, I was like hooked at a young age. I mean, literally like muscle and fitness magazine, weeder, Joe Weeder, you know, um, reading and doing those workouts of the of the month and things of that nature before i knew anything my dad bought me like a curl bar set with the 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 what do they call it i think ct fletcher calls it the pig iron oh yeah right. yeah
0: <laughs>
2: and i'm like doing squat presses and curls and just messing my body up man just destroying myself just trying to get better you know and then once i got to college i was able to put a little science behind it to learn a little bit better i met uh Funny thing, he is now the CEO of CSCCA, but he was my strength conditioning coach when I was in college, his name's Scott Bennett. And uh, he was probably the first strength and conditioning coach that I met um, that really had, I take that back, Jim Lathrop was there before Scott Bennett showed up. And Jim Lathrop was, was, it was a short stint, but he made an impact on me as well, great guy. Um, I hope he's doing well, I haven't talked to him in ever. But uh, Scott Bennett was the guy that really took me in, um, helped us in the weight room, encouraged us. I got a lot of confidence from him knowing that, hey, if you come in and you work hard, you'll be respected and you'll get better and you'll be able to reach your goals, you know? And you'll be able to do some of the things you want to do on the football field, you know? And, and, and uh, he was always consistent. He was always there. Um, anytime you had problems, you could go to him. He was like, the end all be all at that point in time in college, man. He was, he was pretty cool. So uh, had a big impact on me, decided to get into the profession afterwards and uh, ended up working at the University of Missouri for Jeff Fish for a short stand. I was a GA there. That was a long two years. And after that, I ended up getting in with Pat Ivan who came back from the University of Tulsa to the University of Missouri Um, as my boss. He hired me as an assistant straight from my GA job. And uh, the rest is history, man. We just kept on rolling and kept on pushing and figuring it out and trying to get better. And the old mantra, iron sharpens iron. You know, we were trying to – we were challenging each other on a daily basis. And it was like if you didn't step in the door ready to go and ready to get better and trying to get better or bringing something to the table, man, you were – you might be eliminated. So it was very competitive as a staff. You talk about staff development. What do you guys do as far as staff development with? uh,
0: So uh, mainly, you know, the biggest thing is looking at our KPIs as far as like, because obviously we're, it's more than just training. We're looking at trying to grow the business as well. But Mm -hmm. on top of that, you know, personal growth, learning how to be a better business person, learning how to be a better coach, as far as like making sure we're reading, making sure we're up to date on our research, there you, go. Uh, you know, with ants, Aunt, more of our volleyball and, you know, our Olympic sports where, you know, tennis and soccer. So making sure that the programs that I ran when I was at Georgia Southern or Coastal, uh, he's looking at those programs, but also at the same time making his own tweaks because we're not training college athletes anymore. We're training middle school to high school, and we may have a few that transition into college. So just trying to break it down and learn exactly what do we need to do for uh females that are in high school versus what do we need to do for males that are in high school and not just focus so much on, all right, how strong they can get, but making sure they're mobile, making sure they learn how to eat, making sure they, uh, you know, flexibility, uh, all those little different things that just kind of like making, the making a form a for Yeah, a program, putting together, yeah, a program, yeah. having a exactly. solid program, a system. Exactly. It's, it's gotcha. more than just like, let's just pack on the weight and let's just see what it do. No, like... I went as far as like now I, I have my own barbell club. So if we're doing Olympic weightlifting, I know more about it as far as like, all right, let's put them in these certain positions. Let's learn. Let's actually teach them how to pull, not necessarily transition them to be an actual great weightlifter, but to be a better weightlifter by the time they get to high school and they don't just have a high school strength coach just telling them just just get the bar up. And then you got all these videos that pop out. You're doing jumping jacks with their uh, cleans and stuff like that, you know, actually making sure they know how to pull. Trust me, I've heard stories seen myself here in Texas. You would think yeah.
2: Texas was a little bit more advanced. Um, and actually all, actually more advanced in some states, but still lacking behind when it comes to high school athletics and strength and conditioning. So um, not all bad, wish we could do more about it. Wish I had an opportunity to get into some of the schools and uh, at some point in time, I think I will get into some of the schools and educate. Yeah, uh, properly, but uh, that's that's far down the line. So you guys, you guys share knowledge. Obviously, you guys spend time together. Yes. Like one of the things that really helped us when we were at Missouri, you talk about staff, uh, staff unity, and 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 staff development. Um, we spent a lot of time with each other. We went to lunch at least once a week with the, each other. The consistency of the meetings. We always met at the same time, no matter what. And we thought about it a long time before we decided. But once we had that meeting set, that meeting did not change. You could get, you could bet anything we were going to meet at that time. You know what I mean? And right. we we're going to get a lot done as much as we possibly could done at that time, you know, and that was around the other 16 teams that were training and, you know, and and the schedules in season, off season, whatever it may be, you know, and we, we would get together and we would talk and we would share knowledge. We had, uh, A staff library. So, if you were reading a book or you had an ebook or something, you didn't just read that. You came and you shared that book. You brought that and we put that on our our shared drive. You know where everybody could look at it. Or maybe you came in and you presented on it and you you talked about what you learned and how you thought it would help the staff out. You know, we did uh, at Coastal. We had staff games. That was a new addition. That wasn't the original. We didn't do that at Missouri, but we played staff games. We had a little bit younger staff um so we would do things like kickball and softball and i can't remember i think we played volleyball a lot as well did a couple of those a couple of those those were really good because then you start to see the really competitive people <laughs> right like the people that like can't stand to lose um we would lift weights together staff workouts things of that nature um i'll take that back at missouri we did play staff games but it was more like uh Capture the flag type thing, you know, in in the weight room we would play. We 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 ended up getting canceled. One guy uh, almost lost his eye one day from mm. a tennis ball hit. So we ended up having to slow down. <laughs> yeah, uh, after a while, but uh, it was good, man. It was good, good situations, good games, good good camaraderie, good. Like I said, iron sharpens iron. So everybody challenged everybody to get a little bit better, you know, and. We had just enough respect for each other to say, hey, if this person is passionate about it, I might want to pay attention. I might want to listen. You know, so we were able to put our egos to the side and absorb information and get better, you know. It wasn't just and that's kind them. of what it was
1: for like for for us is, you know, I've I've pushed more into why the athlete's doing what the athlete's doing. Uh-huh. And even putting my own training within that, because I know, um, San Juan was helping me with, um, you know, working on my clean pull, and right. started doing um, rack pulls instead. Or, or uh, and you know, I started thinking, you know, I, my 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 hip drive needs to be extremely fast so I can get off the ground. And you know, it was just one of those quick small things. It's like you know, I need to put that in programming because yeah. I know these these especially female athletes aren't going to be these huge powerlifters, but some, some might, some might find that passion after. And, you know, you sit there and think, well, if, if it's helping me and it applies, why not put it in there? And I think that's where, you know, I love having those little like jam sessions where you start writing stuff out and you try it out immediately. And then you're like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Well, try it. You know, well, what about this? Well, let's try it. And you spend, you know, you branch out two, three hours of doing stuff like that. And sometimes you think of an entire program off of that little jam session.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, that's good. It's 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 uh, it's an interesting dynamic, and and I think that's the key word is you have to bring the right amount of people. You have to bring the right people around with some of some similar similar goals and similar um similar drive you know and and put them together and put them in a room and let them challenge each other and and you know see what happens it's really you really don't have necessarily answer you kind of got an idea of where you want to go you might even know hey i definitely don't want to go this way but let's see what happens you know why not you know, and you usually try it on yourself before you try it on someone else, you know, but yeah, just for safety reasons. But yeah, let's see what happens. That,
0: that's, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. Um, what, uh, let's kind of like tap into the sports psychology side, because like I said earlier, I, um, I was there when you presented at the Hammer Strength Clinic at Georgia Tech. What, um, do you still dabble as far as that in that? Um, do you use that currently with the team uh, with the Houston Rockets that you're using now or did or did you only really just use that with, with the collegiate athletes? How do you? Well, when you're
2: talking about sports psychology, you're talking about my my master's is actually is actually in counseling psychology. okay. So um, sports psychology came along the line of Rick McGuire. So when we were at the University of Missouri, Rick McGuire, was our sports psychologist. He used to be with the US Olympic Committee. He was there for years, I think it was 28 years before he became the head track coach at the University of Missouri. Um, I think he helped me with my master thesis as well. He was part of the board that approved my master thesis and let me um, defend it or against my defense, I believe. But anyway, long, long story short. So Rick McGuire wanted to start implementing sports psychology, he saw a need for it with our athletes. And he utilized the strength conditioning staff first and foremost to practice, to share the information that we learned, to tap into start the the why of what the athletes were doing and, and, and go from there. Um, and then it started branching out. The athletes started buying into it and, you know, kind of, did it inversely, like we started like, let's kind of like what you said, we started it, we tried it, we saw what happened. Hey, this is working, let's go a little bit further, let's keep moving. But to answer your question, um, man, once you have knowledge of what psychology does, sports psychology and, and and the different aspects of it, you there isn't a day that goes by that you don't use it, you're gonna use it every day. You're going to use it with every athlete in some form of fashion, even if it's just, you know, addressing the person before you address the athlete when they come right. into the world, you know, and that happens on every level. You know, just everybody uses sports psychology in some form of fashion. When you just look at a kid and he seems, he or she seems a little bit down that day and you ask him what's going on, how you feel and what's, what's the word, you know, what's happening, you know, and, and, and they open up and they tell you that's you're, you're using sports psychology. You know what I mean? Now, you're not you're not counseling them. You know, you definitely need a degree and you'd be certified to be able to counsel them. But you need to be able to appeal to the person, not just the athlete or not just, you know, their performance when they come in. You know, they need to feel like, hey, this guy's here and, and, and they need to know that you care about them and that you're genuine. So, yeah, you use sports psychology at every level.
1: So, talk to like a couple like semi-pro and pro athletes, um, and I know we mainly deal with um, college and a lot of high school, middle school athletes. Um, mm-hmm. Just touch on the emphasis of just saying, "Hey, how are you doing?" Yeah, even cool. even even to like you know pro athletes, grown men, grown women that are doing this for a living, but that that one question, it's still. Impacts the same way regardless of what your agents.
2: Yeah, no, no question, and I think you hit it right on the nose. It's it's as simple as that. Everyone that comes into the weight room should get some form of "Hey, how you feeling today?" In some way, what's the word? Where you got, man, you all right? Something, but it's "Hey, how you feeling today? You ready to go?" You know, and it's really that simple. Whether it's middle school, high school, even some elementary kids, you know, whatever the situation may be, it's just, hey, man, you ready to get this work in? How you feeling today? Ready to go, Mm -hmm. you know? And then we go from there, and we see how you're feeling. Sometimes it's not an answer you want to hear. Sometimes it's, I'm not feeling too good. All right, well, why aren't you feeling good? What can we do about it, you know? So, right. But you got to open that door, and and then you got to be genuine in, in trying to figure out how you're going to get the best out, the best performance out of this, this athlete on that day. You know, and that's, that's the next thing. You got to pull that out of them. It may not necessarily, you feel like, and people think, Hey, you know, they're the athletes. They're the, they're getting paid to do this, whatever the situation and they, they just come in and they're like machines. They're ready to go and you get everything out of them every day, man. They're they're human beings too. And you know, they and, things go awry in their lives, things don't work in their lives and you need to be there for them. You need to be a, a a resource for them and you need to provide that service on a daily basis
0: to get the most out of them. Did you ever tap into like catapult to do that process? Or you just, I mean, just plain knowledge and stuff you read, stuff you heard. That's the only thing that you just really just use for that.
2: Catapult, you're talking about the tracking system?
0: Yeah, the tracking system, yeah. No,
2: no, Um, I, I did a few stints with, with catapult and looked into it, but it never worked out. Um, so no, uh, that's just our knowledge using the, the psychology, the aspect of it, using what we learned at the University of Missouri, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, just practicing it and making it part of our daily routine, daily routine part of our lifestyle. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I probably use sports psychology in some form or fashion with my daughter, you know, um, and my wife and everybody else I interact with in, in, in some form or fashion. It's just, it's, it's, it's the,
0: it's, it's, it's part of my lifestyle now. Right. You know? Okay. Um, so, uh, let's talk about, like, I mean, we talked a little bit about the college. So your transition to, to the pros, the transition to the NBA, what was that like and i mean you just kind of tapped into it a little bit you like you know they even though they're getting paid they're just regular human beings and stuff like like what do you see any difference i mean other obviously they're pro athletes what what is the difference when it comes to coaching though like we talked to joe ken and he talked a little bit about his transition um, so what what was kind of like your transition from the college aspect to the private to to the pros is there any difference with your coaching or anything like that uh I think that
2: that's a really good question. Not so much, not so much. You're not gonna make anyone do anything that they don't wanna do at the pro level. That's number one. So um, they need to know, understand why this is, why you're asking them to do this, how this is gonna help them, you know, you're going to be there for him. Hold on a second. My mom's calling here. Jeez. decline. Did you guys get all of that in that call? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love mom. Gotta love mom. Absolutely. Where were we? Um. Yeah, no, you're not going to make anybody at the professional level do something they don't want to do. They don't have to. They need to know why. They need to know you're there to help them be the best that they can possibly be. You have to build a relationship with them. That's mm-hmm. very important, you know, and there's an art to that as well, but it's the same art that you utilize with a college athlete, you know, it's the difference is that they have to be there. You know what I mean? It's required of them. So you schedule something, you tell them to come and come next time you will professional athlete a little different. Hey man, I need you to get a lift in, probably want to get it done before the next game. When can you come, you know? So slight difference, still the same. Here's why you need to get this lift in. It's been more than seven days since you've loaded, actual loaded, Um, talking about joint and tendon health, talking about movement quality, restoring range of motion, been playing a lot of basketball, come on in. Hi, how you doing? Hey, I'm I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm gonna have to talk to you later.
1: <laughs>
2: I gotta. I live in a great neighborhood, man. Yeah, all neighbors. We all talk to each other. That's uh, my next door or across the street neighbor, and she brings, you know, I, I bring them food from time to time when I get extra. You know, uh, my wife works at the VA, so she gets a lot of stuff donated. And, you know, I, and we bring them plates, or sometimes I have extra food when I grill to cook and I take it over to them and vice versa. So That's they nice. speak. It's 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 a great atmosphere in a small cul de sac out here. So that might happen again is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> 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 um I'm sitting in my garage with the garage door open. But uh no man it's it's uh it's the same but it's different. I hope that answers your question. I don't really know how to No
1: know, no know. It, it, no it doesn't it. Does it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it does, because um, a lot of people out there always they always think every level is going to get trained the same. And obviously, no, they're not. And then um, the biggest thing is, you know, because a lot of people out there, they don't understand. They, they're they they're bigger to say, you know, pros got to do this, pros got to do that, da-da-da-da-da. Well, I mean, just like when we talked to Joe Ken, Joe Ken was like, well, you know, if you got a guy that's doing 90% of the snaps, there's no way that he's going to have the same – process in the weight room that you know that somebody that's got 25 percent of the snaps
2: absolutely and that's why that first question hey man how you feeling today is really important and then obviously you've got the data that you get from you know the sensors from the amount of minutes that they played and all those other things and you take that into consideration but that one thing looking in their eyes knowing that person and knowing what type of kid they are Mm -hmm. what type of person they are and being able to notice if something's off they're not moving as well as they you normally do. They came in a little sluggish. Those things are intangibles that everybody should should be able to see and and address um, and have a relationship, a good enough relationship to address and, and fix in some form or fashion. Like it's my, I feel really bad. If you walk into the weight room feeling bad and you don't walk out feeling better, that's gonna bother me, you know? That's, that's really gonna bother me. You should feel better and you should be in a better space when you leave this weight room than you were when you came in, you know, if not, if not, I'm not, I'm not providing the service that I need to prop. We're not providing the service that we need to provide us as, as your, your strength and conditioning coach.
0: Right. So, so uh, that being said, which level, which level of athletics has been, you know, more challenging to train? Oh,
2: man, you know, it, they're all, they all present their own unique challenges. However, I will, like, the first time I got to the private sector, you know, I started off in college and then, you know, I got into the private sector. And now all of a sudden you're going from age seven, we were starting at seven um, at this, this facility that I was at all the way up to, I had a couple of NFL athletes and, you know, other people coming through um, and everybody's situation was different. That was very unique. But normally if you go out there and you got a team and you're standing in front of them, you say, all right, we got eight skips and you even demonstrate it a couple of times before you blow the whistle and say, go. Most of those kids can do an A-skip, have seen, heard, tried an A-skip before. When you got that seven year old and you're like, A-skip, and they're just looking at you like. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My body doesn't do that. And it's like, yeah, that is challenging. That was really interesting for I think that was probably the, the coolest yet hardest thing for me was to be able to regress and backtrack and say, all right, how am I going to teach this kid how to do an A-skip? Well, first, I just got to teach him how to stand on one leg. You know, right. i teach him how to stay upright on one leg. We're going to practice this until they get good at it. We won't move on until, hey, he's standing on that leg. He's got good balance. got good pro perception. He can hold his knee up. And, hey, now he, let's switch it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really that simple, but it's not as simple as it, as it looks because there's a lot of things going on in a, in a seven-year-old's head when, they're, when you've got to keep their attention for an hour, you know? I think that's, I like
1: that's huge to even think about um, which position or we'll say which um, level is really harder to teach. And then it's almost like which category within the skill level.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you broke up there. So I I'm, oh, I, think okay. I understood your question is like, it's, it, you said it's interesting that you got to break it down that, that small. Right. Is that what you said?
1: Um, okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. Uh, I just said it's, it's, it's interesting. That it
0: started breaking up again as soon as it started
1: Uh, uh, which skill level high school college is it we didn't catch any of that i lost it
2: all
0: i kind of think i know what you're talking about because it's uh is it is interesting because uh, the regressions that we have to do um i feel like i mean just like you said uh I feel like I'm learning every time I get a new client because every client is completely different. Every client, uh, there's some clients that know their sport, but absolutely nothing in the weight room wise. Um, or I got some that know a little bit about the weight room because they do have a high school strength coach, but they, they're coming to be better at their sport. So like, then it'll be like, all right, we got to work on a little bit of skill training here and there. But I, I mean, even down to like my middle school kids, like I have one middle school kid, that I just started last week and I just said what to do. And he was like, boom, boom, doom, dun, 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 dun. I got it. I got some, I got two kids that I've been working with for about three months now. And it's right. completely like night and day, but they had completely no idea of anything, not even how to stretch, you know? Right. I, was like, I was like, do y'all go outside? It was like, yeah, no, kind this, of. No, but, I yeah, do <laughs> yeah, Pretty I, much it's no, but yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's the interesting thing. Like I don't, I, I have never seen sunlight
0: yeah. And I've never been I've never been outside of air conditioning. Like I was like, we get to we can talk a whole hour about all the Duty and everything else, but can't do yeah. an hour of you know, weight room stuff.
2: No so, man, so. it's 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 interesting and, and kids are definitely different these days. Um just from just from that aspect is they're they're either they're they live in a city or they live in a neighborhood that's not safe or their parents work all day long and they can't be outside by themselves. You know, they have to stay in the house, whatever their situation is, but they're definitely their training age is a lot lower than someone like me. That's, you know, I we used to wake up and eat breakfast. We had to get up at seven and we would eat breakfast. And once breakfast was done, it's probably eight, eight thirty, and you were out and you weren't able to come back in until the street light came on. Like literally, do not come inside. You, Mom, I gotta go to the bathroom. What you gotta do, number one and number two. Number one's outside, number two, you come in. You come in, you get a drink, you go back outside. Don't come in this house, you know. So <laughs> yeah. things are a little different, but uh no man. Um it's interesting because I'm trying to answer your question, Bessie. I'm trying to kind of get what where Anthony was. So Having to regress and teach that seven year old makes you better at teaching that professional athlete and being able to break that movement down to them, you know, and it all correlates. It all goes together when you look at it. And I I, I hate to sound like a to beat a dead, but you're still you're just coming back to what's best for that person, what's best for that individual at the end of the day and trying to figure that out. You know, you're solving that problem. On a daily basis, you know. So, um, like I said, it's it's uh, all of them are rewarding. Every level is rewarding. It's cool to see some of the things that professional athletes can do. Some of the speed, some of the force and power that they can generate. Some of the the movements that they can perform. That they absorb like right off the bat. Like you show them once, and they got it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the same time, if they don't, if you're trying to teach them something new, or if there's, you just get that flat out like, "Look, man, I don't understand why we're doing this." You know, you can refer back to that seven-year-old and break that that movement down. It's like, "Hey, this is why we a skip. This is why we do this, this. This is why we do this movement." Sorry, that's the wife. This is why we do this movement this is how it helps you on the court or on the field,
0: you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. That's awesome. Uh, what would you say? I mean, uh, and has it changed throughout the years too, but what would you say is your philosophy, your training philosophy? Oh man. <laughs> okay.
2: That's interesting because I thought I had a training philosophy. Mm-hmm. I really did. Um, and then i got into other sports you got to think about it i was with football and track primarily i'd work with f- another few sports i had some women's soccer and i had golf for a short amount of time i'd assist other teams you know but primarily football my sport was football so yeah if you ask me about football yeah i'd say yeah we have a training philosophy but then i started growing and i started learning i started diversifying and i was, I'd learned from other people i was following Gray Cook and, and I'd look at Dan John and I'd look at uh, oh my gosh what is his name Christian Thibodeau which I love I love that guy it's awesome yeah you know and I, I'd follow and I'd read and I'd see and I'm like man and then there was Westside Barbell you know you definitely want to know what's going on in Westside, and then you start realizing like man I need to be able to pull and 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 use and access all of this information and then on top of that i need more information i need to 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 learn about this guy and i need to see what this guy over here's doing you know and and um so to say i have training philosophy man it's whatever works best for that athlete you know yeah. so if i'm looking at a high school kid probably not going to box box squat them with chains you know what i mean probably going to be a little bit too advanced for them unless you got a kid that's a really good athlete now when you look from a, a standpoint of just balance and coordination then i'm probably gonna look at that high school kid who is trying to get on the field and i'm just gonna start implementing olympic lifts and we're gonna start from the base and we're gonna start learning how to clean pull and learn how to overhead squat we're gonna start marrying those exercises into a clean and some other different things as well because you know the total body they they improve your coordination they they improve the timing with triple extension and a lot of other different aspects that you do, you get a lot of bang for your buck with that. So right. uh, to say that I have a set training philosophy, not so much. With yeah. the amount of time I have with the NBA athlete, could I teach them how to do Olympic lifts? Yes. Would I be spending way too much time trying to teach them how to do Olympic lifts? Absolutely. Why don't we do box jumps and, and, and find triple extension in another form of fashion? You know what I mean? Right. Oh
0: that's... That makes sense. Um, all right, uh, as we're getting towards the end here, uh, what, what advice do you have the young strength coaches out there? Oh, man. That I'm wow. trying to get, to get to the point ah. where you're at. So
2: I can only speak to the mistakes. Well, not necessarily the mistakes, but just some of the things that I wish I could have done a little bit better. Number one, it's not about you. You are here to provide a service. And you will be miserable if you think it's all about you and the amount of work you put in and how hard you want you, you work and, and that athlete improving and, and et cetera, et cetera. It's not about you. It never will be. Um, it doesn't get any easier. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that saying more money, more problems. Right. The, more, the more you know, the more responsibility you get the more problems you're gonna have and you're gonna have to solve those problems because you're in a service industry. Don't ever forget that. And always, always be about service, always be about helping someone when they come into the weight room. You do that, you don't have to be the smartest, you don't wanna have to be the most technical. Um, Strength conditioning coach, I mean, you're, you're young, you're supposed to be learning, you're supposed to be absorbing and growing. But that's one thing you can do on a daily basis that's going to take you a long way. And that's just being of service and understanding that it's not about you. We know how hard you work. We know how hard you've worked to get there. We know how passionate you are about it. And then somebody wants to change it and tell you no, and it's okay. It's not the end of the world, man. You're still a strength and conditioning coach. You still get to help people. You got to find a different way to do it sometimes, you know. Um, So it's not about you. That's, that's, I think my first uh, order of advice. Number two, don't pigeonhole yourself. Make yourself as versatile as you possibly can. And I mean, don't just read strength and conditioning books. There's plenty of strength conditioning books out there. You're getting hands-on strength conditioning work every day. You're growing. Your knowledge is increasing. Read a business book. Read a philosophy book, read a psychology book, you know, diversify, learn about some other things out there besides strength and conditioning, and then see how those things correlate to what you do on a daily basis, you know, but don't pigeonhole yourself and just be a strength and conditioning coach. Don't do that because at some point in time you'll reach the ceiling and you'll want to diversify. You'll want to do more. You'll want to get better. You'll want to try this out. And it's like, Oh, I don't, Nobody's listening to you because you don't have the qualifications. You don't have the certification. You don't have what you need to be able to do some of these things that, that you're interested in doing all of a sudden, you know, so keep learning, keep growing, diversify, and just understand it's not about you and it never will be. And there'll always be an uphill battle that you're going to be fighting, that you're going to a problem that you're going to be trying to solve, that you're going to be trying to make better, there's no, there's no such thing as the optimal situation. You can get damn close, but there's no such thing as the optimal situation. You take it and you make it the best you possibly can. I love that. I love that. anybody still there?
0: Let's see. Oh, oh, oh. look. You must so have hit a good spot. <laughs> okay. All right. But anyway, uh, I appreciate you for joining us and uh, dropping a lot of knowledge, dropping some gems for us. Uh, and, you know, good luck to you um, the rest of this season uh, with the Rockets and good luck to the rest of your future. Definitely gonna be reaching out to you for more advice here and there down the road. Um, obviously you have been where I'm at now and, and I just wanna pick your brain on the private sector side as I'm still continuing to grow um, our business.
2: Anytime and I'm, I appreciate you guys having me, I'm glad it worked out i apologize for all the confusion with the time zones i don't know if you told everybody about that that was crazy i was embarrassed by that dude that that embarrassed the hell out of me um that i missed an actual podcast so i apologize for that like no worries but i guess it was meant to be i appreciate you guys i wish you the best thanks for thinking of me i hope i didn't butcher it too bad too bad
0: you killed it i mean you killed it man you gave us a lot of knowledge and i i was excited to get you on here um Hopefully next, I wanted to get uh, Dr. Pat Ivey on here as well this season, but hopefully next season um, with his uh, busy schedule (laughs) as he gets into summer, he's all over the place. Um, But uh, I'm, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much um, for doing that. And then, you know, sharing the knowledge. Anytime I can
2: help out guys. Best of luck to you.
0: Same to you. All All right. right. Have You too.